Greetings Tim, and welcome to I am Dax Versus, and this is The Transference. Each week, as the void allows, you may find a record of this codex on SoundCloud or CastBox. Consider joining the conversation and opening your communication room and message with questions, comments, or suggestions at DaxVersus at gmail.com. This week on Transference, we will discuss my travels through the solar system, as well as recent updates from DE on the melee changes they plan to roll out over the next few weeks on the PC and on console. Tenno, and now, join me for the Transference. So last week, the big activity was the War on Lancers, which is a part of the 6th anniversary weekend war events which basically in March, we will have the opportunity to have access to several uh, relics for specific drops, Saren parts, uh, Nikana Prime, Spyro Prime. And so those things uh, happened over the last uh, weekend. And that was the main activity that I took part of that was related to star charts and alerts. So I have to admit, I absolutely expected more to this event. It was basically just finding Grenier on tile sets and killing a particular set of Grenier. And the more Grenier we as a community killed, uh, the more the ticker or the timer or the status bar went up towards 100%, letting us know that we had fulfilled that weekend war event. It wasn't a particularly exciting event. I found it to be a little disconnected from the larger narrative of any parts of the game. And it would have been more pleasurable, I suppose, or a better opportunity if DE had perhaps modified some type of event. Uh, I was recently listening to uh, Cephalon Square, and they were talking about different ways in which they thought that DE would incorporate this event being the sixth anniversary and do something new. And one of the hosts of that show mentioned something like, uh, outside of Fortuna or outside of Cetus, having us defend those gates. And he talked about it being waves of enemies coming towards at the gates, uh, either at Fortuna or Cetus, and defending those gates for a period of time as being, you know, waves of Grenier coming at you. And I was thinking that would have been a really awesome event to have something like that, something that isn't in the normal tile set uh, in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the environment, and also give something closer to a horde kind of gameplay that I think many of the tile sets lend themselves to and many of the mission types lend themselves to. So as I reflected on the conversation from Cephalon Suda, it made me think that, yeah, that would have been an awesome game type. And to expand on that idea, if there would have been a game type where two of your party members were outside of Cetus and had to defend the gates uh, of Cetus from Grenier, and then you had two other party members who had to go to a different part of the map and access a device to bring it back to a weapon or cannon that was on the gates of Cetus, to then fire this weapon at Grenier dropships that were dropping Grenier in the area. That would have been a really cool, different type of event. And I don't know the specifics of how they would have instanced that, but I'd assume that it would be instanced in much the same way that everything is now with four players going into into the Plains of Eidolon and those four players being in an instance of that game or that event and it being something that they set up specifically for that day. And so I really was expecting a little bit more from the event, to be perfectly honest with you. However, at the same time, I looked at the actual event and I looked at the items that were going to drop from the event. And I didn't really 
honestly see DE putting in any additional work into this event, particularly because of the stuff that they shared specifically around the melee rollout that they're trying to do in chunks instead of doing it all at once. So I understand why something that intricate wasn't put together for those things, but that would have been my preference. So this weekend is then the war on the corpus. And so it's going to be much the same as the war on the Grenier. You're going to be killing certain corpus top or corpus uh, enemies. And as a part of that, you'll increase the bar. And if we do that, we'll get some good stuff on the weekend in March, which I guess is okay. Uh, looking at the actual drop items, um, I'm not too excited about those drop items. I do have several of those relics already. And so it's not really something that I'm really pining for, not really something that I'm excited to get, uh, but I will take advantage of them and um, do what I can to get items to sell back to um, Barrel Katir for ducats. And so that's how I'm going to focus on that event. I'm not going to go out of my way to kill Corpus, but if I'm down on uh, Fortuna out in Orvalis and, you know, Corpus happened to walk up on me, I, I'm, I'm going to say hi to them with my, my Tiger's Prime or whatever. So we'll see. But changing gears, I am, though, going back to the melee changes that uh, were recently discussed by Rebecca and Steve. Those seem really, really interesting to see how they're going to roll those out. I like the idea, or I like the fact that Steve mentioned rolling the melee updates out into chunks instead of doing them all at once. And when I was thinking about if they did do them all at once, how long that would really take to implement that on each of the weapons. Even just thinking about the animations for the different weapons that I have is crazy. I mean, there's so many different animations and so many different ways in which the weapons move and different warframes, the way they hold the weapons and all those things that are, are really more specific to to the uh, stances. But I really like the fact that we are going to have a chance to get to see some parts of the Melee 3.0 or Melee, yeah, Melee 3.0 at some point before the full rollout. And uh, they showed some... Interesting things in the simulacrum showing, you know, the way the melee moves and the way the slam attacks work and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things you can and can't do. For instance, you can't block while you're air dashing using the new melee set that they have. And so it was really nice to see the way in which they start to implement those things and some of the things that they're thinking about. They showed off some effects that are going to change. And um, that was really interesting as well, just to see kind of the little tweaks here and there that they continue to make over time with the game, the way the game looks, the way the game controls, the way it moves. And Steve mentioned a few times Devil May Cry as you know one of the influences for why they went to adjusting the way that we attack enemies using melee and then using weapons. And so it was really cool to see them switch back and forth and see how, I want to say, to see how responsive it was. And so I was really uh, enjoying seeing that gameplay. But because I'm on console. It's going to be a while before I get a chance to take advantage of it, but I am absolutely sure that once that starts to roll out, all of the people on the PC will pick it apart, and and I'll check out the usual uh, folks, uh, Tactical Potato, uh, Frozen Balls, check out his stream on uh, Twitch, and uh, DK Diamantis, and you know all those folks. So I'll be checking out what they think about the changes once they start to roll out, because I'm pretty sure that many of the uh, old school veterans of the game will be spending quite a bit of time, or yeah, bros on, and spending a lot of time checking those changes out, pulling them apart in terms of what works, what doesn't work, uh, what works in terms of the stances, what works in terms of the mods that you could add to them. So I always appreciate seeing how much time they spend 
going through those things so that once it rolls around on the console, I can just pick up my game. I can put together the mods that I think may work based on some of the things that they shared and start really tweaking those for my, my own gameplay style and, and the way I move the system. So I'm pretty excited about what DE showed with the Melee, and I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to check those things out. And speaking of checking things out, so I maxed out my box Solaris standing with Little Doug and had the opportunity to finally get my hands on Magus Lockdown. That is a pretty awesome arcane for the operator. I really do like it. The first person that mentioned it or first person that I remember talking about it was a Tactical Potato on YouTube. And he was talking about the way in which you can board around and drop a tether mine and and keep enemies grouped together for some major damage with some of the explosion weapons. And so I thought it was pretty cool. So um, Magus Lockdown, uh, to read directly from the wiki, is an arcane enhancement for the operator, specifically for the operator. So whenever the operator performs a void dash, they will drop a tether mine at their destination that tethers a number of enemies in place for four seconds. Then these enemies suffer a puncture damage that scales with their maximum health. And so to give you a breakdown of the ranks from zero to three, because it goes zero, one, two, three, uh, at rank zero, 15% of the health is the damage that it does. It's a tether range of three meters and maximum of two targets. At rank one is 30% of the enemy's health, 60 meter, six meter tether range and attacks or affects four targets. Rank two is 45, nine meter range, six targets. And then at rank three, 60% health damage, 12 meter range and eight targets. And I have to say, this is a really nice arcane to both have just in your kit, max out. Uh, I was playing last night in arbitration and I was using it in the arbitration for the first time and I started out with four people. Uh, the arbitration was a Mesa arbitration where the Mesa had the max damage and it, I think it was the Arclastos were the uh, secondaries that also had additional damage. And the first five rounds I went through with four people, they all left at round five, I believe, or was it 10? Whatever the first round is when you get your first statue. So they all left at the sculpture and I was like, oh, why would you leave at the sculpture? I don't want the sculpture. Well, I did, but I didn't just want that. And I was leveling up uh, a weapon. I forget which weapon it was as well. It was a melee weapon. And so I went on by myself, server change, um, and I was playing through this defense in the arbitration. And I was able to use my Mesa. Mesa was just destroying everything, obviously, as Mesa is supposed to, nuking everybody. And, and it was really easy to get through the rounds by myself. But I was using Magus Lockdown and found as I was dashing around in my operator, I was able to control sets of the map where the um, the floating, the drone that goes around and makes the enemies invincible. Magus Lockdown was allowing me to keep that, to keep that flying drone from moving around as much. And so it helped me to crowd control the enemies and crowd control specifically that drone because it, I could not tell, and I need to go back and check, I could not tell if the lockdown actually locked down the drone or if it just locked down the enemies but i do know it locked down the enemies and when it locked down the enemies the drone was essentially tethered to those enemies that it was supporting and so that it almost pulled the drone away from those enemies in such a way that i could easily target the drone and then just mow down the enemies and so it was a really nice um, surprise to have because i had been looking at magus lockdown for a while and wanted to try it out but to finally get my hands on it and mess around with it, I really think it's definitely a, 
a great arcane to have with your operator. And if you have the opportunity to pick that up, if you max out your standing with uh, Little Duck and Vox Laris, I really think it's worth checking it out to to see um, what you think of that as something to add to the kit that your operator has. Uh, speaking of the operator, I did also finally decide to uh, try out a new a new amp. Uh, the amp that I decided to try out, it was... I think it was a gay guy place and rob he went through and has a really good youtube link uh, with all of well with the main amps from fortuna at least and so he goes through and he has all of them built and has most of them set up with i think crit builds and i tried out one of them and i really like it it's the it's the clomora prism it's a wide short range beam and it's just i mean it's devastating it's a lot of fun you really don't have to aim with it you just walk and shoot, and it just destroys everything in front of you. The proper scaffold is what I use. That one offers an explosion, so you can shoot the explosion out. And what you'll see is when you shoot out the explosion, it's a ring that you will see around your operator or around the explosion. And the explosion is a pretty big range meter-wise. And so usually once I throw out the explosion, I have to dash back away from it or forward through it because it does hit your operator. And so when it hits the operator, it you know, takes damage and you end up going back into your warframe. And then I use the Lauren Brace because I like the amp critical status chance. It's a 12% amp crit critical and status chance. I did see that Little Duck has a service brace, which offers a 20% amp critical chance. But I wanted to go with a critical and status chance because you just, you know, you never know what type of enemies out there. And if I can hit them with the status, then I prefer that status to proc uh, instead of just getting that crit damage. But, but, uh, Surtis Brace that Little Duck offers would have been a good one to try out. And I think I may actually build a second amp with uh, all three of the um, Little Duck parts. So the Clamora Prism, the proper scaffold, and then the Surtis Brace just to see what that looks like. And speaking of what things look like, I am thinking of putting together a couple of, uh, or incorporating into the transference, some video, not video, but some audio about different Warframes, uh, particularly talking about some of the, maybe even the starter Warframes or some of the primes, but specifically talking about some of the mods that I like to use or try out or some of the mods that I've found to be pretty, not mods, but loadouts that I've found to be pretty effective with certain Warframes. There's always a meta, I believe, with certain Warframes. In particular, there's certain loadouts that people say, this is the best loadout or this is the best synergy of weapon and loadout for particular Warframes. And I really see lots of videos discussing these loadouts, but I don't know, and I'm not going to say for certain, but I don't know if many people actually get the opportunity to discuss those loadouts uh, in audio form, in just audio form. And so I'm trying to consider different loadouts that I like on certain Warframes or different weapons that I prefer or like to use with certain Warframes and thinking about incorporating that into future episodes of the transference. And so I'm going to first look at the Warframes that I have. I have all of them with the exception of Vaughn Prime. And I'm going to look at all of them and pick maybe one or two that offer not even unique loadouts, but loadouts that I prefer or think are great ones to run with for particular mission types or maybe just in general. Uh, the other thing that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about are the kit guns that I have. I've had the opportunity to try a few, well, all of them. I've had the opportunity to put together 
the three meta ones, the main ones that people usually will use. And I did have the very good fortune of picking up a ribbon for the rattle guts, uh, which is a part of the kit gun. And so I really, really like that uh, ribbon that I got for it. Makes it an even better weapon than it already is. And I'm going to mess around and with that weapon type or what that weapon and those parts again and perhaps talk about those in a, a future episode of the transference just to kind of see and, and talk about different things that may not necessarily be discussed by some of the main individuals that you may view either on YouTube or other podcasts you may listen to but try to look at some different angles from which to approach uh, sharing some of the things that I've done in the game and some of the things that I really enjoy taking advantage of so I think that that's something I'm trying to think about how I might incorporate that. I've been thinking also about uh, doing some Twitch videos, but I cannot promise or I can't even dedicate a particular time uh, to really get on there and have some substantive videos of any particular length. So when I get on, you know, I may get on for a bit, I may start it up, but then if something happens, I may have to step away. So I will try to start getting on um, at least maybe once a week and, and if not streaming and announcing it probably won't announce it but at least recording the videos that I do have to give you some uh, not even commentary but kind of supplement to that week's uh, information about a particular loadout so I can show you the loadout uh, talk with you a little bit about the loadout and why I'm using it why I'm using these particular mods why or how many times I've formatted a particular Warframe and why I've formatted the number of times that I have. And then also talk about kind of some of the things I've tried and didn't like or some of the things I tried, liked, adjusted to something else, did not like what I adjusted to and had to go back and format the Warframe back to what I needed it to be. And so I'll be talking a little bit about that, but I'm really interested in the Warframe that I'm thinking about starting with is the Ember Prime. I consider starting with the Volt. Uh, and to tell you a quick story, back when I first started the game, I didn't quite understand the difference between platinum and credits. And so I didn't understand that the platinum was the currency that's tied to real world money and the credits were in-game currency that you could only get in-game. And so I was playing through the game and I started out with uh, the Excalibur, like many do, people do start out with the Excalibur. So I was playing with the Excalibur and I was running through and I was like, you know what, I see... Um, some other Warframes in the market, and I, I'm gonna, I, I wanna get a different Warframe. So I went into the market and I looked at the Volt and had a really awesome picture with it and you know, some powers. I was like, oh, that's cool electricity. So I went in and purchased it, not knowing that I purchased it with Platinum. And so started with Volt, was playing with it, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Let me go and buy another Warframe. And I went in and it said, not, it said insufficient Platinum. Uh, or gave me a message telling me I couldn't afford it. And I was like, well, what, what does this mean? I thought I had enough. And I looked up and I, and the icon was really small back in the day. So it was 2013. And so I looked up and I said, oh crap, that's the, that's, oh, that's the money one. That's not the, and so uh, for a long time I ran with Volt. So Volt uh, is a Warframe that uh, by default is always kind of that one that I remember how I got my first Volt. And so I'm, I'm always thinking about that when I go into the market sometimes and I, I see the cost of Warframes. But um, Ember is the one that I want to start with. Ember was the first prime Warframe that I can remember having access to. Um, I think I ended up getting the mag after the Ember, but the Ember is the Warframe that I really like. And back when I got the Ember was when, or when I was initially started to play, 
was when we had arcanes that fit on helmets. So there was the helmet arcanes. And so that was yeah, a long time ago. I know some of the newer players may not know this, but when the game first started, arcanes were on helmets and arcanes were on Cyandanas, I believe. I believe it was Cyandanas. It's been a while. Um, and so you could have um, an arcane on your helmet. You could have one on two on your Cyandanas. So you could equip three at a time, which is really awesome. Um, they since adjusted that to only being able to carry two at a time. So you can carry, if you do have the old helmet arcanes, you can have a helmet arcane and one arcane on your, um, on your tenno, uh, or on your warframe. And so you can't have three anymore. You can only have two. And so the, uh, arcane that I have for the Ember is the arcane that gives extra energy. And so that makes it really nice when I'm running the Ember, I can have more energy to pull. I can throw on another arcane. Uh, if I want to keep, you know, a slash damage down or something like that. But that's the, that's the, the Warframe that I'm thinking about talking through and just sharing my loadout with you all in video form and discussing in the next transference kind of some of the things that I like about Ember, some of the things that I don't like about Ember, talk about the nerf that happened to Ember several years ago now, I want to say, uh, and kind of how I've had to adjust around that change. And just share some of my thoughts around that particular Warframe and some of the loadouts that I like. Uh, spoiler, I, I love more fire on top of fire with Amber. So some of the loadouts that I have are uh, just extra fire damage, more fire damage, and, and which kind of would make sense for that Warframe, but I just wanted to put that out there. The other thing that I was thinking about uh, spending a little bit of time on uh, is kind of just talking about some of the things that I did that week, and so um, for this week, just share some of the things that I've done. Uh, I have not been spending much time with the sorties. To be perfectly honest with you, I am at the point where I am uh, running around with 80-plus ribbons on me, and really at the point where every time I happen to run a couple of sorties, I get lucky enough that ribbons do drop, and I do end up getting to that infamous 91 out of 90 ribbons. And so it always ends up being a situation where I get a ribbon that I, I don't necessarily even have the weapon to, or I'm not necessarily interested in the weapon. And then I get onto the market and I try to sell said ribbon. No one wants to buy it. And I do want to continue to run the sorties. And so I end up either transmuting the ribbon or I end up uh, giving it away uh, to uh, folks in my, in my dojo or my clan. And so I really have not, been running sorties as much as I have been running them in the past, but uh, sorties have not been the thing I've been running. I've been leveling up weapons and um, putting former on particular warframes. I did put another former on the Baruch uh, to check that warframe out. I really do like the Baruch. I do like the gameplay style. I do like being able to throw out the the um, use of the Baruch four and go around kicking and punching enemies all over the place and through walls. I really like that. I hope they don't ever change that. Uh, Baruch is a weapon warframe that, you know, at higher levels, it's not as effective, but I do like the damage mitigation of uh, Baruch's, I think, two or three. Uh, it's the daggers that float around Baruch. So I really do like that as a warframe to uh, run around with, and I really do like the different gameplay style, uh, using my melee and, and, and using the, um, the weapons and all that good stuff, so I really enjoy that. But I put a former, another former on my Baruch, that's former number two. I'm thinking about putting a third one on just because but not really sure at this point. 
Uh, I did uh, get on my Saren and run a couple, a couple of arbor, not arbitrations, but ran a couple of sanctuary missions, particularly to level up, level up some melee weapons. I'm trying to think because I, I went into sanctuary and I was trying to get some more focus points because I'm trying to unlock some things from uh, the Vazarin tree, I believe, and so I spent a little bit of time doing that. But mostly the mostly I've been logging in to get my standing, my 24k with Little Duck, my 24k with Boxolaris, and my 24k with uh, the Quills on Cetus. And that's pretty much the main thing that I've been doing. I did uh, a week and a half ago buy a resource booster so that I can get more of the turrets, which was great because I was able to level up, max out Boxolaris, which is what I really wanted to do. Oftentimes when we get the new standings or quills or whatever with updates, I do try my best to max those out first. And the reason why I want to max those out first is I often find that it can be quite, it's just a grind. Um, and given the little bit of time that I may have to play or whatever, or um, the specific things I'm trying to do, and many of the things that I'm trying to do, I need people to run it with me. And if I don't have other people who are logging in, then that takes me that much longer to get things done. So. I did end up getting a resource booster um, and farming towards until I can max everything out. And then I farm towards even further just to take full advantage of the resource booster so I can have those for standing. But that's been pretty much the most of the week and most of the things that I've been doing. Um, I do want to kind of wrap it up. I see I'm coming up on quite a bit of time and feel that at this point I'm just rambling. But I do want to uh, thank you for being for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I do want to apologize for missing a week. I did get behind a lot of things and just didn't get a chance to come back to it. But Tino, as always, thank you for spending the time. You're always welcome to email me at daxversus at gmail.com. Questions, comments, if you want to join in on the conversation, have things you want to ask, feel free to interact with me either here or on the PlayStation at jbyjeks fighting Tino and bring balance to the system.